Hello and welcome to the Crack and Banter podcast with me, Reese, and my co-host, Luke. Luke, how are you today? I'm doing very well. I'm excited for the first podcast of Crackness. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good, yeah. Expecting a, a visit from Banter Claws, are we? That's, 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 that, I like that one. That's good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's, um, the, oh, it's the holiday season and I, I love it. We, I mean, we talked about it. I feel like we've been gearing up for Christmas, like for the last few episodes, we've just been talking about it as sort of a means to get us through the sort of end of October, start of November. We've been looking forward to it. So I'm sure it comes as no surprise to anyone who's been listening, but it is, it's that time of the year. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I actually, I think I blew my Christmas uh, joy quite, um, early this year I'm sort of hyped for weird super super early like September-ish time um, <laughs> so yeah I was all like um, I, I had no actual Christmas spirit left by the sort of mid-November when I should have actually been getting excited about it but I'll tell you what it's actually I'm, I'm back at the level now of being excited for Christmas and I was like it's two things it's literally wearing my Christmas jumper again I yeah. um I hope Christmas jumpers don't trap smell because I've worn my Christmas jumper every day for like the last two weeks. Oh, I feel like it definitely does. I feel like it absolutely does trap smell. Yeah, it smells the, fine. The, it smells thick, like the thick knitted wool, that can't be... It's not, it's not too thick. It's not too thick. It's quite... <laughs> anyway, yes, that and my advent calendar. Actually, I actually have an advent calendar for me at home, but I bought, <laughs> I bought one to half here at university. So. Oh, yeah. I've, I mean, I, I feel like I feel like if you don't do stuff like that for yourself, I feel like some people would hold off because be like, oh, it doesn't feel it's not the same if you're not at home. But equally, you're just allowing yourself sadness. You know, I yeah. feel like if you're already going to be missing out on on being at home over the, the start of December, at least just do yourself a favor. Just get yourself an advent calendar. You know, there's no point in suffering through just for that that payoff. I don't think, you know yeah um, so it's, if you're listening to this and you don't have an advent calendar i don't care what age you are get yourself one you deserve it yeah it's a reese's pieces calendar Ooh, yeah. very nice that's I'll, what my brother I'll, has yeah i'll offer this as a spoiler if we ever rank our favorite american chocolates or american confectionaries uh, mm. i will i will have reese's so far clear at the top <laughs> with like m&ms a distant second after that yeah I don't to know my top would be. I don't really care after those two, but those two are clear top for me. Yeah, I like an Oreo. I think Oreos pretty would be high on my list. Are biscuits um, confectionery? Well, I don't know. I'm just thinking of like American sweet shop type yeah. type of things. Um, See, we can get into the nitty gritty if we ever <laughs> have the full debate. I don't I know. Mean, I don't know other specifics. We're creatively bankrupt, so we will do it at some point. Oh yeah, that's going to be the first episode of next year when we finally run out of Christmassy things to talk about we'll be like I don't know sweets yeah. we already did we've already done sweets and chocolate so we're gonna have to like put have to move. yeah I know who'd have thought that would have been <laughs> the thing we run yeah. out of first it's like well we're gonna have to really narrow down the categories here <laughs> yeah sorry American listeners will have to put their fingers in their ears for this one but my opinion it probably is I'm not even gonna call it controversial because it isn't controversial but if you're doing top five confectionaries or chocolates or sweets or whatever you basically would have to create a separate category for american ones because no american ones are going to get in an overall top five. Oh yeah no 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 definitely <laughs> there's 
I can't see that happening. Like I'm trying to I'm trying to think if anything even would like enter the top five, but I I highly doubt it. Not for me at least. I think that's one thing. We like to sort of do the UK down, I think the people us people who live here, but I feel like that's something we've got to give ourselves credit for in terms of making chocolate. Yeah. Like it's us Switzerland and Belgium are the three elites. We're so far clear of everyone else. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I know. It's so disappointing when you just you you get anything chocolate. Or I think especially if you were like a kid and you would see, you know, American sweets and you see like Hershey's chocolate or whatever, and it seems so amazing because you could never have it. And then uh the idea now of of getting her someone get get me Hershey's chocolate over any other type of chocolate is sickening. Yeah. Hershey's cookies and cream chocolate is nice enough, but like it's too sweet to eat more than a few squares at a time. Hershey's milk chocolate is it's just gross. It's not worth it. Yeah, it's not it's 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 worse than just eating nothing. So I think I'll stick with uh with it's like it was, it was made by so it was made by someone who had like the taste of milk chocolate described to them over a walkie-talkie with a person. <laughs> yeah yeah true yeah definitely it feels like they uh they got the the recipe for chocolate before kind of it had been refined and actually put into usable words yeah you know it's like someone just trying to describe the taste of something that they're having for the first time like yeah it sort of tastes um oh i don't know it's like uh sort of <laughs> you know it feels like that's what they were going on yeah. Just the the vaguest description of people umming and on and being like, yeah, it's I guess it tastes a bit like this, and they're like, here's our best attempt. Bad. We call it macklin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is that is what I feel like Hershey's chocolate tastes like. If you're used, well, maybe just American chocolate. We can stop the Hershey's slander, but American chocolate. Oh, no. If you're used to eating like Cadbury's, that I always imagine that's what the mocklet in uh, Friends tasted like. <laughs> No, I see. I, I think no. I don't think we need to say stop the heat on Hershey's. I think it's a Hershey specific problem because oh, M and M, the milk. If you have just to play M and M, their milk chocolate tastes fine. That's true. That's true. Well, yeah. Sorry, Hershey's. Then I I tried to defend you, but he makes some good points. I will yeah, retire I, as the Hershey's lawyer. <laughs> what What I will say is, to be fair, whilst it sounds like a specific ragging on American chocolate, it's it's like I said, it's not really even an American problem. It's just every country after the top three I said, I think it's just a big drop off. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, you shouldn't take it as an offense. You know, I wouldn't be offended if someone told me I ran much slower than Usain Bolt, you know? Yeah. It's the, it's the same thing to to discover that your chocolate is not as good as the likes of Cadbury's or something. It's not It's not heartbreaking, you know, that you shouldn't take offense to that. You're 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 worse than the best, but that that's always going to be the case. Um, do you, do you- do you know who is it? I feel like we should be saving this chat for the, the as I said, the inevitable next chocolate <laughs> episode because we really can't help ourselves. But do you know who, considering it's it's not their gimmick, do you know who makes incredible milk chocolate? Hmm. Terry's chocolate orange. Oh, like the yeah. Chocolate is really nice. Like you sort yeah, of just get, buy yeah. the orange chocolate. I think they yeah. could get away with a poor quality milk chocolate, but it's actually very nice milk chocolate. Yeah, I, I get what I see what you mean. Where yeah, the, the chocolate is not second tier, you know, it's not taking a back seat to the, the orange flavor. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that makes a lot of sense actually. 
They're um, still one pound for a chocolate orange. Yeah, but it's so Christmassy though, isn't it? Uh, well, for me at least, I love a, a chocolate orange at Christmas. I don't. I don't respect the uh, the bar version of the the chocolate orange. I, I don't have any time for that, if I'm being no, honest. No, I'll, I'll disagree with you. Yeah, the big bar I actually find a bit weird. I can sort of get coming up from that angle. The regular sort of, um, like, uh, I, I can't remember what you call that. I was going to call it fun size, but it's not fun size because it's normal size. <laughs> you like chocolate, a chocolate bar size. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like... Not it's the big, traditional. But like, if you say chocolate bar, like, you could be talking about the big chocolate bars. I'm talking about the one that's about the size of a... Of like Standard a, size, a, I guess. A, a 15 centimeter size ruler, sort of a bit smaller than that. Yeah. But the same width. Sure. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about anyway. I rate those very highly. Those are very good. I mean, they're good, obviously, but that's because they're, they're chocolate orange. And to me, why just get the chocolate orange that you lose all the fun of the fact that it's made, it looks like an orange. No? Well, there's the, 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 the little squares are shaped like oranges. I know, but no. At that point, what is it? A chocolate charcuterie board? No, thank you. <laughs> you to be fair, like, it's like if you were getting pieces of orange in a fruit salad. You don't try to like take them out and reassemble them as a normal <laughs> orange. You don't? Oh, I've been eating fruit salads very wrong. I've been trying to, I take a fruit salad, I make it all back into the individual fruits and I eat them. As, as God intended. Yeah. You ever get orange in a fruit salad? I'm just saying, well, that's kind of weird. Yeah. It's always like... Yeah, orange all... in a fruit salad would be a bit like um, like the cocoa rocks. You know, you get a little like explosion of flavor when you bite into an orange because they sort of... They're, they're segmented already. They'd be the, a little treat in a fruit salad. Yeah, maybe just... it's literally because of that, just because of the exploding factor. Yeah. Because nothing in a fruit salad really explodes. Yeah, you can't you can't like sink a fork into an orange. Really, it would be a, mm. it, it. It wouldn't. But I think it would. I feel like it works in a fruit salad. I mean, not that of course it does. It's a fruit, you know. It's, <laughs> there are few fruits that don't work in a fruit salad. Realistically, would you like have to like, not a big fruit salad guy? I like. I I feel like fruit salads are always better in principle than reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, you, I, I always feel like they use the crappy fruit in it. Not like the fruits are crappy, like the fruit choice is fine. Like, I mean, like, it's just like they'll look at an apple and go, oh, that apple's probably not going to sell. We just throw it in, like, with the in other apple. Yeah. Slice like, it up and put it in the fruit salad. I, like, I don't know. I, I, I can't say I've ate enough fruit salads to say this for sure. But yeah, I would always sort of like, I think if you're looking at all items for a lunch, you would maybe just like, Instead of taking that as your main, you would maybe just get a sandwich and then like buy just one piece of fruit with it if yeah. you want something like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I feel like I, I, I would have a fruit salad like if it was freshly prepared literally seconds ago and I either prepared it myself or saw it be prepared with good fruit. But yeah. to me, like it's the same as just even eating, not even fruit salad, but like fruit on a platter or something like that. I just, I hate the 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 air getting to the open flesh of the fruit it's the only way to do metal and mango though admittedly yeah like, yeah yeah yeah. that's fair enough you can't you can't i mean you can but like I, you can't really have many people who just buy a melon to eat it by themselves right like if you buy a melon you're sharing the melon with other people no i get i i just eat melons same as apples just guys crunch in from the outside just 
I hate him that way. I hate all fruits like that. I just I done my kiwi. I was in from the outside. <laughs> I just assume they're all the same. I still think the leave the core of a banana. You know, I, I eat around cylindrically and then I leave the, the middle stem. Yeah. I have no idea who did this. Uh, but I remember reading it was like some person was like liked eating the skin of a kiwi, which I think is just weird. Mm. I, I have no idea why anyone eats the skin of the kiwi, but but people do. But they found like the sensation of the hair weird. <laughs> so what they did is they would shave the kiwi before they add it. Of course you find the sensation of the hair weird. That's why you're not meant to eat it. They're like, hmm, well, I have a solution to this problem. Not the age-old solution that everybody else have of not eating the skin of a kiwi. They're like, no, no, I'll just shave the hair off every kiwi I eat. I like to imagine they did it like, uh, you know, like if you get a shave at the barbers, they sort of, they pat it down with oil and then flame it off. <laughs> I like to imagine that's how they, they shave their kiwis every time. I'm, I'm just tired of many tile rounders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> shaving foam on it. They got the cutthroat razor. They're just yeah. shaving down the sides. I uh, feel like I feel like the work that goes into eating a kiwi is just why I don't eat more kiwis because I actually really like kiwi, but it's just not worth the effort. Yeah, same with same with mango or anything like that. If I can't just buy the fruit whole and eat it there, yeah. It's like I think. Not mid, but like relative to some other fruits, apples are kind of mid, but it's like, it's probably it and oranges are the two fruits that I eat more than anything else just because they're just more convenient <laughs> to eat than any other fruit. I will say, and I've said this before, and it's so, I know, I understand how weird it sounds, um, but I, uh, I, I don't love fruit massively anyway. I don't really eat a lot of fruit apart from apples. Apples would be the only thing I would eat consistently of fruits all other fruit would be like bottom tier for me but apples considering they're the only fruit i eat would be in my top five foods ever apples would would make my top five i see i was even gonna say that's controversial if you're talking top five fruits top <laughs> i foods top of five all food time. items of all time <laughs> i know and i know that sounds insane but i love an apple I, I used to eat an apple every single day and I don't eat an apple every day now and I kind of actually, it kind of bums me out a little bit that I don't eat an apple every day now. I know I could, but I don't, because I don't have a, a structured break time anymore in my life. I very seldom eat an apple. I'm sorry, I, I've had a hard time getting on board with this if it was <laughs> the top five for every like It's okay. Listen, I, it's, it's just a little a little unique tidbit about me and I'm happy to I'm happy to carry that uniqueness, you know? I um, I can live with that. To be fair, the nicest apple, I feel like apples do have a high ceiling, though, at least, like, mm. I think I, when you say this, I'm picking, picturing an average sort of, like, slightly shriveled red apple, but, like, I mean, I still don't agree with it, but, like, if I'm now picturing, like, a big sort of, like, just crunchy enough mm-hmm. i don't know what you just what like level that would be it feels weird to describe that an apple is al dente but like <laughs> a big green fresh apple with just the right level of crunchiness i i'm more on board with it yeah for sure you get it this guy gets it um but yes i i understand it's probably not a lot of people's top five eve maybe she'd probably be on board um just a just a great 
great Adam and Eve humor there. Oh, I, I thought this was something you called Eve. No. <laughs> I was I, like, I oh, could yeah. tell by your silence you didn't get it. Yeah, well, again, like, she'll be like, I, I was thought, okay, Eve will be really far. It's just one of our loyal listeners has just gotten no. a shout. <laughs> shout out to Eve uh, from the Bible. No, I got a whole, I got, I got Genesis jokes. I got them. I'll line them up. I'll do some more. I'll do some more biblical humor through the rest of the show. That's probably what people want from from our podcast, isn't it? Yeah, that's what it doesn't cause an exodus, <laughs> listeners. Oh, <laughs> look, that was good. This is this is truly the the genesis of uh of this bit. Okay, let's move on. Our um, music, which is Phil Collins. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that would have been a elite segue though that would have been <laughs> um but yes it's uh, it's christmas time it's also the sort of coming up to the end of the year um one of kind of the big things that's happened since we last recorded was the uh the spotify wrapped um comes out for for everybody as it does all year and uh i know i know some of these are a bit cringy to to see everybody's spotify wrapped and we are fully just given into that um now that it's like finally died down we're going to talk about it again but uh it's always just a nice reminder when like we see ours it's a nice little uh, moment to to look back on the year and um just get ever so slightly sentimental for a little minute on the show uh to to sort of thank everyone who listens and and everyone who supports us and gets involved and stuff because uh it's just lovely to see that i think every year as i say it's it's not so much the spotify wrapped in itself but it's like the little reminder I'm, I'm putting it into kind of words and, and figures that like oh look look at this thing we made you know um so very proud of what we've done uh, i think it's really cool and yeah it's nice to always nice to see that so as we we do ever so often get sentimental on this show and um, thank you everyone who does listen and, and support uh obviously we couldn't really do this with if no one was listening. It would make it a lot more awkward uh, that I record all our conversations. So thank you to everyone who does listen. Um, and uh, look, of course, thank you to you for joining me every week. Um, it's always lovely to to see that. Yep. Yeah. No. Same goes to I need to offer you a big thank you. I mean, not only do you do everything I do with the presenting, uh, you also. I think anyone who's a long-term listener already knows this, but I think it's just worth repeating again. Reese does the uh, editing, producing, uh, music. Uh, he he does the social media stuff. I'm only in charge of one social media of ours, and it's the least active. <laughs> <laughs> and um, as well as that, Reese does the artwork for all our promotional posts, uh, which is probably honestly. One of the things I'm most complimented on <laughs> by people when they talk to me in real life about the podcast, like, oh, I love the artwork that you do for every post. It's so cool. And it's like, thank you. I have absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with it. The closest I've had <laughs> to do anything to do with it is I've suggested a few ideas like once or twice out of over 50 episodes. Yes. Yes, but look, your your beautiful face is, you know, I need that inspiration to to make the artwork, you know. Yeah, there's there's some there's some photos keep popping up there doing a lot of legwork in those promotional posts. <laughs> I want to be at the color run in like 2019. Yes, yeah. I also just want to put big thanks to you because I would be incapable of making a podcast by myself. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd, as you said, just want to offer a big thank you to everyone who's listened to any of our podcasts this year or any year, in fact, since the beginning. Or I'm not even going to just limit this to the, to the listeners. I've had people tell me, yeah, I've not gone around to listening to any of your podcasts yet, but I do like your posts on social media. <laughs> Honestly, that, if you, that's that's more than enough for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. No, it is like the uh, the awareness of it is even kind of a part of it, and you know, I think what what we do, I think podcasting already isn't for everyone. Not everyone likes to listen to podcasts. Then when you do, like. I think we have the self-awareness to know that we're hardly the the first thing that pops up when people go and look for a new podcast to listen to. So like anyone even just coming across us or being, you know, maybe the sort of stuff we talk about isn't for them, but they know someone who does like that kind of thing. And they go, oh, you'd probably like this. My friends have a podcast, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, because I know people do do that. And I've, I've had, as you say, people have said stuff like that. They go, oh, I haven't really listened. I don't really like listening to podcasts, but um. I like that you do it, you know, and as you say, like liking or sharing posts and stuff like that, um, that does really help. And it is really, it is very appreciated. So to anyone who's listening, thank you. But that's uh, yep. maybe enough of that. Some, yep. some of the Spotify raps, just to go off of the, of our one specifically, feel like they call me out so badly. Um, I don't know. You don't use Spotify, do you? Nope. I use Amazon Music. Uh Ooh. I'm not giving them a shout out because it's fine. It's I would probably prefer to use Spotify, but it's. I mean, there's some good features uh, that I don't think Spotify have, but like, um, I just use it because I'm pretty sure it comes like free with an Amazon Prime subscription. So I was like, yeah. why pay the extra money for Spotify? Yeah, that um, is very fair. Anyway, yeah, no. The auto-generating sessions, I think, are better than Spotify's. Uh, it's, it's fine. I have, I have nothing against it, but I'm not going to promote it or demote it here. Yeah, uh, the one yeah. thing it does do that I quite like is it, it auto-generates. I haven't got mine yet. That's the closest thing I get to a rap. To, it it auto-generates a playlist based on the music I've listened to most uh, in the, 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 the year that's led up to that. I, th- I think, like... There was one year almost like half the playlist was the Hamilton soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yes, but it's still very interesting for me to see Spotify, people's Spotify raps. I'm like, I'm actually one of those people who isn't like, oh, why are people sharing their Spotify rap? Nobody cares. I actually find them interesting. And I don't even, I'm not even going to say that is in a fully positive way. I judge people on them. I actively judge people on them, which is oh, a very yeah. thing to do, but it's... I mean, I'd you be have lying to, if I did. I didn't. Yeah, it's funny because like, I I do absolutely judge people on it, but not not because of the music itself. It's like the the music to personality contrast is what I <laughs> will judge people on. It's how the the Venn diagram of it as well. Like, two people could have the exact same Spotify rap, but depending on how well I know them, would depend on whether I in what way i judge them for it if i feel like it matches their personality i'd be like this isn't this isn't true or getting like a real surprise that's my favorite one is like someone posts something you're like what that's they've listened to someone you would never ever expect i i really judge that but in a good way i think that's kind of extremely interesting it's like my little apple fact (laughs) just discovering that someone's favorite top five songs like oh 
I don't know, I saw someone last year, I can't remember who it was, but it was someone you would never, ever have expected. And like in their top five was Tenacious D. And I was like, I've, I love that, but it's so weird because I would never have picked that for you. I would never have bet that. That's, that's kind of what I find really interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually raging because I think Tenacious D would have been in my top five this year if I had been listening on Spotify and I would have been mm. so psyched to share that. Yeah, <laughs> my 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 favorite ones are the ones that yeah, it's not even like about who it belongs to. It's the ones where they just veer like at a breakneck speed stylistically. Like your number one artist was Taylor Swift. Your number two artist was Third Eye Blind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I know. I love that. I I love any that like, well, <laughs> love or or maybe feel a little bit bad, but. Anywhere it's like, oh, you can you can tell what kind of year this person had. <laughs> I'm, Sometimes I'm... some of them, some of this, like not even just your favorite artists and stuff, but some of like the individual slides that Spotify gives you are such a call. Like they did one this year that gave you like your mood throughout the day. So like the most common kind of uh, vibe you listen to in the morning, afternoon and evening. And oh my God, it was awful. It was so bad. Like... <laughs> effectively mine was like you wake up happy and you go to bed sad <laughs> i was like this is not i don't like this at all i don't like why are you telling me this for fight um, but i'm sure people have had some really funny ones in that as well i'm convinced just people who sort of realize they're about two weeks away from their spotify wrapped and just like cram so as the a particular artist doesn't get in like it's like oh crap we're two weeks away jack harlow and drake no diss to jack <laughs> this to drake though um, <laughs> <laughs> um they, they're like oh crap they're, they're going to be on my spotify rap i i can't look like i've been listening to them and they just yeah. play phoebe bridgers lana del rey <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel like for like two i feel like definitely three. definitely and it's the it was the exact timing of it as well uh people probably had to um reduce their kanye plays over the last few weeks to avoid their their spotify raps coming up in a in a certain way i think people yeah. probably had to uh yeah block those <laughs> block those songs you don't want that coming up as your top artist like um, yeah I, I sort of assumed that like there was probably definitely people who like um didn't share their spotify rap because it had someone like kanye in it yeah I didn't. I don't recall seeing Kanye in anyone's Spotify wrapped, but like no, it's but it de- he definitely is. Yeah, <laughs> that's the people who just aren't posting. Like, yeah, I think the one I always get excited about, though, I think it comes out start in the, the new year is my PlayStation wrap. That's my big wrap. <laughs> oh, that's. I mean, that's got to be a bit of a call as well. Seeing your R's played. Yeah, they don't nice. even have to like describe my emotions. They just lay the cold hard fact out. Yeah. Um <laughs> just my... each year was saying touch grass. Yeah, my Spotify, I can't remember how many minutes uh it said I had listened to this year, but we we figured it out and basically it was effectively one quarter of my waking time is spent listening to music, which maybe doesn't seem like a lot, but that is that's so much. <laughs> like that's a quarter like... of the time I'm awake, I'm listening to Spotify. To be fair, I use it for work, so yeah, yeah. I think it's very, it's actually completely reasonable, but it's when you see it laid out in front of you, you're like, oh, oh no. <laughs> All my siblings were like one, like a fifth or less of what I had. <laughs> I was like, yikes, I don't know. 
part of you is like, yes, I win because, you know, high number is better. But also it's like, mm, I don't know if this is necessarily a success. Yeah, it's fine. I think that's fine man, because it's like you can at least uh, deluge yourself by saying, well, I, I can listen to music whilst doing productive things. Like I buy the high lit minutes from just listening to music on walks. Yeah, or- yeah lost and working i feel like that's the problem with the playstation one you just you can't dodge yourself you were you, you weren't video, working yeah anything you could have been doing whilst you were literally playing video games yeah 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 between the hours of 10 a.m and 5 p.m when everyone else was at work your, your playstation rap like is real snarky <laughs> while everyone else was working you certainly enjoyed dr mario <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, it is uh, the most festive time of the year, the most wonderful time of the year, in fact. Um, and we've got nothing to do but talk about that. Last year was much easier to do Christmas episodes because we, uh, we were still new. It was our first Christmas together, look. And, uh, you know, the, the rose glass hadn't, hadn't shattered as it has now. Um, and we could just talk about our favourite Christmas movies, our favourite Christmas things, all that kind of stuff. And this year I was like, oh, no. <laughs> What Christmassy stuff can we talk about? However, I have had an idea that I'm actually really, really proud of. Uh, and I'm going to introduce the Santa Bracket, um, I, a segment that I think we can maybe return in the future with, with different categories. But uh, what we're going to do, we're going to each draft pick four different versions of Santa Claus. Um, now, what, what that is, we can kind of get into, we can we can iron out any any kinks in the rules and stuff before we start here but we are going to pick four versions of santa claus draft pick we're going to pit them all against each other tournament style to ultimately decide what the best version of of santa claus is and again we can iron out exactly what kind of um what we'll be measuring with that so so look i guess maybe that's the best place to start what do you think makes a, a great version of santa claus what are the kind of the categories we're looking for here when they go head to head yeah, so I actually, to be fair, this is something I had to ruminate on. Oh, I love that word. That's one of my old That's a good word. I, yeah, I like that. Anyway, yes, I had to ruminate, ruminate the possibilities. Nice. Uh, I, that's from a song. I can't even remember which one. <laughs> ruminate. I'm sorry, that's not important. Anyway, <laughs> yes. We'll come I back mean, to it. You remember off the top of your head? No, I absolutely don't. Is it, is it the one from... Um, the princess and the frog i do think it's from something yeah um but i can't think it sounds it's uh, almost definitely a disney one i feel like i, anyway. I think friends on the other side maybe i don't i know that song though and i don't think it's in that but it could be princess and the frog yeah listen we'll get there i'm sure you can look it up while we're talking um but yes you uh yeah. okay, you want to so get I, to the bottom of this i i had to um yeah, I had to ruminate what actually made a good Santa. I was, you know, it's friends like me. It's friends like me. Friend like me, of course. Anyway. Still friend based, <laughs> a friend based lyric. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I had to ruminate. <laughs> I, had to, I had to ruminate. Uh, I actually. I had to really think about it. Is there a good word for that? <laughs> Ponder. Thanks. <laughs> That is also a good word, to be fair. Anyway, yeah. I can't start that again. Anyway. <laughs> I'm just, I'm going to skip that first bit. I think you can do it in a few ways. 
because there is a few different Christmas means all things all different things to all different people I don't think anyone would disagree about that for some people it's about family for some people it's about like the Christmas spirit for some people it's about the religious aspect you know food whole some people just are materialistic and like getting gifts kind of like it's not the main thing sorry (laughs) that 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 pause after that was really implied that you were talking about me when you said that i could i could i know we can't see each other but in my head i could see you just like eyes drifting over to me the way you left that silence there some people are really materialistic and just like getting gifts i i actually <laughs> see gestures on the podcast i was actually sort of um self-deprecatingly gesturing at myself <laughs> no I'm not the sure. silence really that was that was a like uh, a, a silence for live studio audience laughter was what that silence was. Well, I, I, I don't think we do that enough because I imagine people laugh at them quite a bit and I don't think we leave pauses for them. Leave to gaps laugh. for the laughs. Yeah, true. So laugh I... here. <laughs> okay, cool. Anyway. Uh... Yeah, no, sorry, I was I was taking the piss out of myself. I don't I actually I don't think I'm materialistic. I think I think we are all are a little bit materialistic, but I I try not to be. Anyway, yes. So what I'm saying is Santa is essentially holding a mirror up to our concepts of Christmas and because of that, Santa um is important to as a cultural concept to different people for different reasons. I think you would agree with that, yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so as I said, for some people, he's important because he represents the idea of giving, and they think that's a very noble trait, and of course it is. Uh, some people like uh, receiving from him. They like getting stuff. Anyway, because of that, some people also like the punishment and judicious side of Santa. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. because of that, I've decided that I think each Santa should really be based on their own merits as to one quality as to what quality they really truly represent i'm not going to give uh specific examples because that would maybe betray my draft board a bit i actually do have a draft board here which i'm very i think is very strong um and i I don't want to lose some of my top picks because i think they're very good anyway yes for some some sentences we can judge on how much they represent the 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 benevolent concepts of christmas how kind they are how giving they are how much uh well kids are important in this context because it's santa so how nice they are to kids how much kids look up to and respect the santa uh others like how much a person improves because i mean there's a lot of christmas stories where the whole concept is a bad person learning the spirit of christmas and i think there's some depictions of santa where it's about someone um, learning to love Christmas and, as an extension, improving as a person. So I think you can judge them on how much they improve and what place they improve from. And, as yeah. I said, you can just judge some on how well they punish this sinful, greedy, <laughs> ill-behaved masses. Yeah, yeah. I think... Uh, we can also always just look at, at physical capability, you know, uh, how, how well is this person equipped to go around the world and deliver presents, dispense justice, 
inspire the hearts of children you know how how well are they actually equipped to do that i think that can come into it as well um so sort of what are their qualities and what are their abilities i suppose is what we'll look at but it can be individual for each each santa does that sound good yes yes yeah i Absolutely. think tangibles and tangibles are both judgeable here yes yes definitely um when it comes to the actual then what we will be defining as a, a version of santa i think is is kind of uh we'll just take each one as it comes i don't think i have any that are like questionable or anything but if we have I any thought, issues with anything we've got we can we can raise those as we come they're lower down my draft board but i've got some controversial ones i think cool. we're gonna got some of them but i, I think <laughs> just about fit in the rubrics of what we're talking about here yeah i i agree my i think mine are all pretty pretty standard the one thing i will say is i don't think we can allow you can't just say santa claus i think you can choose the quintessential santa claus it has to be at least in some way a specific version yeah Um, santa claus is off the table i agree yeah yeah all right so uh yeah you you kick us off then um i i have i'm very proud of this one this is this is the franchise pick. This is your this is your Tom Brady. This is your Peyton Manning. This okay. is back. Uh, this is such a strong pick for the first pick of the 2022 Santa Claus draft. Give me Santa from Miracle on 34th Street. Oh, that's all mine as well. Very good. Very good. Okay, I like it. I like it. Look. Yeah, it's like a lot. Extremely traditional, very classically Santa, you know, unmistakable, really. Yeah. I think just, I know, I know we just said we can't have like the quintessential Santa, but to me, without just going for that abstract concept, this is the closest in me you can get to having the Santa Claus. Yeah. Yeah. Although, my my first draft pick actually a very late entry i only thought of this as we were talking about santas there so this is uh kind of crazy it came in came in at the buzzer and, and went straight to the top because i think this is pretty close to the quintessential santa although very little known about this version of santa but i feel like it is all very much conveyed in the little that we know about this version of santa my number one pick i'm going for the coca-cola santa i didn't think of that one guys your pick I mean, of course, you got the big advantage. The Coke Christmas advert is when Christmas starts. Exactly, you know, and and why would that be if not for the Coca Cola Santa? Um, I think it's it's an absolute classic. Uh, it sets it sets the tone for a lot of Santas, really. Um, mm. for a lot of what we get now, and and even knowing so little about what that Santa is and what he can do, I think we still the idea that idea is, is very much gotten across and uh, I think it it's still a very strong pick. Yeah, well, because I went with such a conventional strong pick in the first round, I thought what my board is missing when I came up with it, what is really missing is a maverick, a real mm. conventional left field pick. He'll create magic on the field of play. So for my second pick, Give me Robo Santa from Futurama. Oh, nice! This didn't make my list, but it was it was very close. Uh, that's great. That's very very good. Their slip, they're not having them on your board. I might have done, but uh, I don't know. I've got some good ones. That's that's a great pick, as you say, a maverick. It's good to have something in there that's gonna 
change things up. Um, give us a little rundown on on Robo Santa and maybe the because he is a slightly different pick to the more traditional versions. So maybe maybe give us a bit of bit of backstory there. Yeah, yeah. So for anyone who isn't aware, Shiatrama is well set in the future and is robots form a significant part of the population in uh, New New York, uh, which is where it's set. And Santa Claus has been replaced in uh, the future by a being known as Robo Santa. Robo Santa is not a nice, jolly fat man. Robo <laughs> Santa is a robot. He, um, I think he does give gifts to like the absolute purest of people. Mm. Uh, he's what you might call an Old Testament something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, uh, Christmas is a time of terror in the Futurama world because mostly Santa, Robo Santa, goes round on Christmas punishing what he views as the wicked, which is pretty much nearly everyone. I can't even remember off the top of my head who actually gets gifts. Uh, from some, I, I think it's a very short list in Futurama. I think maybe did Zoidberg? I can't remember. I can't remember at all. Zoidberg and maybe Robo Tiny Tim are the only ones I can think <laughs> of. Nearly everyone was a target for murder by Robo Santa. It's very funny. I've made it sound dark. It's Futurama, <laughs> so it's extremely funny. Yeah, yeah. He pulls out like a Tommy gun, starts trying to machine gun down the entire. <laughs> group of characters yeah but being, um, as I very said, good if you like viewing something some cultures do as more of a more punishing the wicked children robo santa definitely fits into that yeah. um, oh most definitely well. <laughs> definitely um well my second pick is uh maybe not as much of a maverick as yours uh, still a slightly more traditional version of santa but um definitely more not not as by the book, I would say, but a, a, a very solid version of Santa. I'm going to go for um, Santa from Rise of the Guardians. I don't know if you've seen this. I haven't watched it, which is why I didn't have him on my board. I did think about him. Uh, I thought he could be a good pick, but as I said, I just haven't seen Rise of Guardians, so I didn't. Yeah. He's effectively just kind of a badass version of Santa. Um, he's got tattoos. <laughs> He's very cool, but still like very Santa-y, if that makes sense. No, he's not like it's not like a Robo Santa that it it's very it's completely changed or anything like that. He's still very like he's very good. Um, he still is very much like the essence of Christmas. Delivers gifts, all of that stuff. Um, but he's also is cool and has a Russian accent. Um, mm. so he's a a solid version of Santa. I I really like it. It's uh sort of Santa, but kind of buffer you know yeah. <laughs> and cooler yeah so I, I think he's a good pick yeah i'm not gonna lie after that pick i think i've decided to shuffle up my board a bit i think Ooh, okay. I, I was going to go for another left field pick but you you your board your picks are quite conventional well not conventional actually they, they weren't what i was expecting so i can't call them conventional but i think i need a more form <laughs> I was basically I was going to pick another really weird pick, but I think I need to go for a more nor normal okay. match what you've done. Uh, okay, get beaten the bracket quite so badly. For my third pick, I'm going to go with the Santa Claus, of course, being Tim Allen. Scott Calvin is uh, the name of that of that man. <laughs> yeah, I, 
knew the character's name off the top of my head, just through the actor, Tim <laughs> Allen. Yeah, a good pick. I think that's a good one. Um, he's a sort of he's definitely an everyman Santa, you know. Uh, he he learns a lesson. He grows as a person. I think that's that's a good quality to have in Santa. I feel like we've picked a few so far that uh, even the best ones are still maybe slightly detached from the average person. You know, uh, Scott Calvin has that arc of going from, you know, he he wasn't perfect to begin with. I, I think that's good that maybe having having a version up there that isn't this untouchable, absolutely perfect kind of being. I think this is a that's a good pick. Yeah. No, I, I like it. I like it as a pick. I actually, I, I was having reservations about um, having it so far down my draft board. It was actually, would you believe it wasn't, it was sitting on number five. Mm, uh, it was my number four, to be fair. Yeah. I I, I think it's very underrated. I, I don't know how much we're actually uh, counting the quality of the movie. Some of these <laughs> well, that too. actors are in as, uh, are we taking that into the equation? But I think it's very underrated. It's not, I mean, I don't think it's unknown, but I don't think it gets the appreciation it deserves because I think it's very solid. Yeah, I think it maybe gets lumped in with a lot of other ones, but it's actually, yeah. I, I think it's it's pretty solid, yeah. Uh, one of those ones that's kind of, it is, it's fun to make fun of as well because a lot of, you know, the, the lore of the movie doesn't really make sense when you think about it. And I know that's not the point of a Christmas movie, but that's what I kind of like about it is that it's it's fun to poke fun at, but it's also fun to... Uh, to watch you know earnestly and, and actually enjoy which is nice it's good to have that duality and you know a bit of tim allen just uh har 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 and about you know <laughs> as he yeah. does um yeah, yeah he, absolutely he had a good run of movies sort of round then uh he, yeah he was also in the one about the dog classic <laughs> and really memorable um <laughs> he like turned into a dog no, i didn't what? watch I didn't watch the whole movie, but he does. He turned into a dog, not in the Santa Claus, in a different movie. Yeah, yeah. Look, that is a great example of Tim Allen doing a great run of movies around that time. The great. one where the one with the dog that you didn't watch all of. I'm actually going to go for um, a, a folklore alternate version of Santa here, rather than a, a popular culture one. Um, I'm going for what I hope is I'm pronouncing this right, Mikulas. Uh, this is a, a version of Santa that originated in Hungary, but um, is kind of in a lot of Central European countries now. Uh, very normal, traditional version of, of Santa in all other respects, based on St. Nicholas, blah, 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 blah. All that stuff would uh, come, I think it was, I think it's the 5th of December. He, he's supposedly, uh, Mikulus comes to town and um, again, delivers gifts and candy to, to good children. However, punishes naughty children uh, by yes giving them coal but also giving them raw potatoes or a wooden spoon and i just liked that just a very tiny little difference in this one <laughs> just the, that slight change that again i like that i like how specific that is and again that it's a, a another focus on the punishment of the the naughty children i like that i think yeah. we should put more pressure on that even now like the coal thing that's always been a lie that naughty children get coal. No one, no one ever really gets coal in the stocking. But I think that should be on the up and up. Yeah, absolutely. naughty children should get punished at Christmas. You know, because Christmas is a time of cheer, but only for those that deserve it. I think Christmas should be a time that that bad people don't get to have fun. Yeah. You know, it there's 
I think we've we've confused the the season of giving for the season of forgiveness, and they're not one and the same. It's the season of justice. I think is what Christmas should be, you know, um, in my opinion. So uh, yeah. so Mick Ulis has, has climbed up my list. He also he has a, a series of helpers, which I know Santa has elves, but his seemed more like more like an Avengers type of team. So uh, this is also he's connected to like the Krampus um, version, uh, that kind of folklore story and i think krampus is is maybe the one who does some of the the punishing uh, it was a little bit vague because i think a lot of these um folklore stories kind of overlap and stuff but uh, i like that it the way it was worded at least sounded like he has a little sort of team of uh of fairy tale gift givers i i, I like that and yeah krampus like- is doing the, the dirty work <laughs> Yeah, I was actually going to ask that because I was thinking of picking Krampus. Could I not have Krampus then? Is he too different from Santa? No, I would have liked Krampus if you if you want one in. Uh, this is your your last pick, though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm picking Krampus. Nice. I really inspired me. I thought obviously he was who you were about to take. Uh, I realized how disappointed I was at the thought of losing like on half of him. <laughs> I think just like every. Every good team, no matter the sport, was yeah. You need your good, your your attack. You need your star players, like as I said, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, something as your quarterback or your striker or whatever. You need a solid defense, and mm. the one man wall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, no, Krampus is solid. I mean, yeah, just someone, someone's got to do the dirty work. As I as I was kind of saying with with uh, Scott Calvin from the Santa Claus it's you know we have these untouchable perfect versions of Santa that aren't really they're in a way inhuman you know and Krampus is also pretty inhuman but in a different way <laughs> the fact that it's like uh, it's not this sinless character you know uh, and as I was just talking about there the season of justice is uh, truly truly embodied in in a spirit like Krampus I think so uh, I'm I'm here for that uh, yeah. You are making me rethink my final pick, though. With that, um, that was a very that was very well put uh, description of Krampus, and I, I think I'm gonna bump one of mine up actually to uh, to take my final spot because my final spot was was too wholesome, and this one this one is wholesome, but but has a, a an undertone. Um, I'm gonna go for my last one. I'm gonna pick Jack Skellington, Santa. Ooh. Yeah, uh, because Jack Skellington. I know, yes, in in Nightmare Before Christmas, he doesn't do a great job of being Santa. However, as you were saying with Krampus, Jack Skellington seems he's he's quite uh, seems quite soft and gentle, and he also is quite kind of melancholic in in a lot of uh, a lot of the the scenes in the movie. But you you get that guy on his bad side, and a real like you awaken the beast with him. You know uh, that like he's a spooky guy and you you forget that you know that that we're introduced to jack skellington as the the greatest scarer that that has ever existed kind of thing um you know he's a halloween legend and has terrified everyone around the world for potentially thousands if not hundreds of years and um you forget that because he is being so gentle and oh he loves christmas now and blah blah blah. but then when when he takes that turn and uh, you know when he goes to to Oogie Boogie at the end, and he's got revenge in his heart. That's a that's a scary and extremely badass thing to see. 
Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm putting Jack Skellington in as, as my final pick. Yeah, I, I had him on my draft board. I just uh, I, I held off on picking him. I, I think he's a good pick. I just preferred Krampus. Krampus aged yeah. it for me. Yeah. Um, well, we, we have all of our, our draft picks. Now, should should I randomize who they go against? I kind of just put them in in the order we took them. Should I, should I randomize it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's, let's, let's randomize it then. Um, I will still do, I think I'll do one from each of us each time though. Uh, so we're not, we're not going against our own decisions, if that makes sense. Um, so first up, we're going to do Miracle on 34th Street, Santa versus Rise of the Guardians, Santa. Um, I know we, I know we have a stake in this because we, we each picked these, but I think we need to be unbiased here. Well, it's kind of difficult for me because as I said, I'm actually watched Rise of Guardians. That's true. That is that is true. Um, for me, this is tricky. These are these are two. They're very similar in so many ways, but the differences between them are are pretty huge. Um, the, I mean, if this was a if this was a just a, a versus, as in who would win in a fight kind of versus, it's Rise of the Guardians straight away. But no, I, because this I, is a this is based on their santiness, it's, it's tricky. I'll, I'll actually uh, even to be at that first part. I mean, as I said, not massively familiar with Rise of Guardians. I think you're underrated. Uh, Miracle on 34th Street, something is a high tier magic user. Mm, true. And okay. I mean, I don't think you'd use the magic for combat, but I think you're underestimating him based on looks. It's I suppose, like, yeah, Christmas is at stake here, you know. Um, yeah. I, I don't think he would hesitate too much to to use some magic on on rise of the guardian center although i don't know if it would come to that even if it were a, a debate i think i think miracle and 34th street center could probably convince rise of guardian center to step down and i think the rise of guardian center is noble enough to uh to maybe take that step down as well do you know what i mean i don't think it's hard to really i don't rise of the guardian center almost loses christmas in that movie anyway I know. I suppose so does Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street Center, but I don't think that was ever a, really a question. Rise yeah. of the Guardian Center needs needs help from the other, and um, the other holiday spirits, and I I think Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street Center sort of has it, has himself covered, you know, because yeah. he's kind of just having he's ha- having a, a laugh that whole time, really. Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. He I always feel like he's the the cards are in his hand. He knows rightly what's going on. I don't know. Maybe that's just my. Uh, the way I see it, but I feel like he's kind of he's teaching everyone else a lesson in that um, in that situation. He's not necessarily that threatened. Yeah. Did Did you not even Did you not think when you sort of watched that movie, they're always like making him some sort of like messianic figure? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah. I I think I think Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street has this in the bag, as you said. I mean, you came out swinging with that first pick anyway. You know, that's that's a strong one. Yeah. So I think that's uh, I think that's pretty pretty fair. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Miracle Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, you're you're through. Your first draft is is making making it through. I don't think that was, I don't think that was ever really in question. I think that as you, yeah, that was that was a a really good pick. So that's um. That's that's gonna that's gonna take some beating, I think. 
But uh, yeah. next up, we have we have uh, Milculus versus Scott Calvin um, from the Santa Claus. This is an interesting one. These these are kind of weirder. I feel like the first two were were similar enough Santas that it was just kind of it was a bit more obvious. This is going to take a little bit of thinking. Um, I think. What are your thoughts? I think it's uh, it's basically almost like classical Christmas versus modern Christmas. Mm. I mean. I can't claim to be an expert on Mickey last year, but I mean, you're talking about a character, uh, like you're talking about a being who um, he's like specifically very important to a certain region of the world. You know, this, this, he predates the idea of a global Santa. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah. So I, I wonder, does that work against him then? Is he, he's more local, he's small scale? I actually think that depends on your view whether it works against her form, because I think that holds real prestige. I think almost mm. the Santa is somewhat of like a distant figure. Yeah, and that actually to be fair, that's part of the reason why Thirty Fourth Street Santa is, I think, such a strong depiction of Santa. You've got like this um, very larger than life figure who is a hero to the whole, all the children all over the world but is able to connect with individuals on a personal level and sees the importance of each individual. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's true. Yeah. I suppose with, with Milky Less, you've got, yeah, as you said, almost, almost a higher, maybe a higher quality Santa there with the, uh, it's a sort of, um, Oh, what's the word? Artisan, Santa, artisanta, uh, with Milky Less. but Scott Calvin. Yeah. You've got, as you're saying, modern, modern technologies with Scott Calvin. I mean, in the Santa Claus, we see what the um, the developments he makes in, in only a year acting as as Santa. The developments that the the North Pole gets in technology is a pretty big step up from the the start to the end of that movie. I watched that movie quite recently, by the way, so <laughs> I too it's fresh in my mind. Um, so he definitely has some some technological advantages there i would say and yes he does he does do the whole world in in a night which he has uh as you said it depends on your perspective but that's got some that's gotta mean something um this is a tough one and i suppose what this boils down to as well the discussion we had with both of these santas being uh, slightly flawed in their um Scott Calvin coming from being a, a flawed normal man and, and Milculus not not so much flawed but uh imperfect with his his justice dispension <laughs> which I uh I am a fan of um for me I think I think Milculus has more story and maybe slightly more magic then attached to it uh than than Scott Calvin which for me would swing it in just a, a more Santa-esque feeling. Um, I don't know where, where you kind of land with that, but I feel like Milky maybe has that little that little bit of magic attached. Um, yeah, I'm kind of leaning to almost like more being disrespectful of putting Santa Claus ahead of Miculus because, you know, Miculus's actual depth and stories there have yeah. like real meaning. I, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to sort of separate the Santa Claus what it is about the, the real meaning of Christmas, the movie, you know, it's almost like too intertwined with the modern day sort of over commercialization of Christmas. 
yeah yeah and i think there also is like a that the the comedy and is particularly tim allen's style of comedy that maybe uh takes a bit of the polish and sheen off of that santa yeah uh, to some degree but not maybe not in a good way uh yeah. no i think i think michaelis is going to take it here yeah i agree all right well that brings us into robo santa versus jack skellington hi <laughs> These are this this ain't your grandpappy Santa either of these ones. Um, this is yeah. an interesting debate. Now, this one you could just resolve in a fight, and that would be a hell of a fight because uh, Jack Skellington does get shot out of the air in in Nightmare Before Christmas, and uh, I think Robo Santa would definitely do some of the shooting. So this could this could be a dog fight. This could turn into I think um, just a sleigh based. Uh, dog fight jack skeletons firing you know like evil evil pumpkins and and halloween sock puppets and things and robo santa has like a laser bazooka or whatever he has in in futurama yeah this is interesting i think it would not necessarily be unfair to say that probably by any uh <laughs> any actual metric of judging the meaning of christmas and how well is a santa representation they embody that I, I think you would have to go with jack skellington yeah although if you know robo santa is very much the like if you break it down into numbers and analytics he's that you know uh again it is that embodying the um the personal touch and, and emotional response to christmas which is very much jack skellington versus uh the fact of the matter that is these people are not nice and they will be punished for it versus yeah. these, you know, what truly makes someone nice is probably not just uh, the, the various sins that everyone does get up to in their day-to-day life. And I think Rubo Santa maybe, maybe is a little bit too binary in his outlook um, just for, uh, just for this, you know, I, I don't know if it's very Christmassy to, to give Rubo Santa the dub here. Yeah, no, I, I think I think it would really reflect quite poorly on us if we put Robo <laughs> yeah. right here. It is it is not not really the the spirit of Christmas, is it? Yeah, I I mean, if nothing else, if you just Futurama is brilliant, individual episodes are brilliant. But ultimately, you know, the sitcom animated comedies. I think, um, like Nightmare Before Christmas is probably one of the best movies ever made never mind movies ever made yeah yeah it's 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 hard to um put robo santa up against you know a a masterpiece of cinema really (laughs) (laughs) okay well our final our final of the the first round then is uh krampus versus the coca-cola santa what those really are polar (laughs) yeah this is uh um Truly, whatever the opposite of two sides of the same coin is. That's that's what that means. You don't have to say the opposite. That's just what that phrase means. Well, no, but I, okay, maybe. I was just going to imply that these are, are so very different. But yeah, I suppose they are two sides of the same coin. You're right. Crime and punishment but, are opposites, but are two sides of the same coin. Or oh, yeah. Piece. Okay, okay. All right. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> yes, very much the, the other side of the coin is like the charred disfigured two-faced coin is <laughs> that's the coin that these two are on because that uh krampus is a 
that's a spooky one to go against the Coca-Cola scent. <laughs> yeah. Um, although, yeah, very, also very different here in terms of um, the fact that Krampus is a, a lore-based one again, so has extensive history and, uh, and, and lore and stories surrounding him um, compared to the Coca-Cola Santa that really has nothing um, and is truly commercial <laughs> compared to Krampus that is in, uh, a truly folklore-based uh, version of Santa. So this is, yeah, very different ones. I suppose it's it's interesting because that that storytellery history aspect of Krampus feels like, oh, well, that's very Christmassy. That, you know, that could win it for him. But then the Coca-Cola Santa is uh, embodiment of happiness and Christmas joy and <laughs> all of this. Uh, and very much the antithesis to Krampus in terms of what Krampus actually is as a spirit. Um, I'm, I'm actually going to offer you a very controversial opinion here. I think yeah. Krampus more in line with the 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 values of Christmas than <laughs> than Coca Cola Sun is. I don't. I, I don't think you're wrong. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't disagree with that. I mean, it's it's it seems crazy to say because all I can picture now is the holidays are coming advert, but it's Krampus lurking through the woods as the as the pine trees bend and crack under his under his uh, enormous claws and weight as he pushes through into the town. It's just that holidays are coming, holidays are coming as this shadowy figure approaches the village. But um, like, yeah, you're not wrong. I, I mean, if you're talking about if people say the great sins of consumerism and materialism, then in some, the, they would argue of over, have taken over Christmas, then you'd have to You'd be hard pressed to find more of an icon than that than the Coca Cola Santa, considering they literally changed Santa's colors to match their own brand colors. Yeah. Do that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think you're right. I think Krampus is gonna win. <laughs> I think he's gonna beat the Coca Cola Santa, uh, yeah. which is. It, I mean, that's the best thing to come out of this. In some ways, I think he's like. I don't think his punishments are even that bad. I feel like the, the horror movie one we like kill people, but like I feel like the yeah. action it's something of an overreaction the storytellers came up with. But it's like it's he doesn't actually hurt the naughty children, he scares them and then like whacks them with a birch brunch. Yeah. So you know. Kids could stand to learn a lot from that, I think. Krampus, you've done it. You've done it by <laughs> Well. <laughs> I feel I feel almost proud of our little Krampus. <laughs> All right, well, that brings us into the semifinals then. First up, we've got Miracle on 34th Street, Santa versus Miculus. Now, this is interesting. Because um, Miracle on 34th Street obviously feels like a very traditional version of Santa, but then it's hard to argue that Miculus isn't traditional when it is uh, quite literally a, a real-life tradition, not from a movie. Um, so that's kind of that's an interesting debate. What what do you think? I I almost think this sort of depends on the values you put on Christmas. Yeah, important to you. I feel like um, this is the sort of oh, this is this is too heavy to articulate. It, but like, I mean, I feel like the Burgle on Thirty Fourth Street is more about like the more 
modern humor, humanist ideas of sort of kindness and goodwill. Whereas mm-hmm. if you look at sort of the way it dresses, it's more connected to what uh, to like uh, religion specifically uh, Christianity and the idea of Chris of Christmas as a religious festival and yeah. the, the gift giving is really uh, just to be part of that rather than being its own thing so it's it's kind of a hard one to call in that case yeah. like in some way I mean they, they literally are but like I feel like in some ways it's just two aspects of the same character. Yeah, absolutely. Which I suppose is uh, <laughs> the the problem we were always going to run into with with picking different versions of Santa. Um, yeah, I think for this, this is really just got to boil down to a gut feeling, um, and that, uh, as you say, it depends on what you're going to hold important at Christmas. But for me, uh, my I get more of a Christmassy feeling from. Miracle on 34th Street than I do from Miculous and maybe that's because I only found out about Miculous earlier today but um, for me when when I think of Christmas I don't I don't know that I'm my brain is going to go straight to Miculous uh, compared to a Miracle on 34th Street Santa but uh, yeah I can't really I don't think I could split them just based on merit I think I have to go off off of my gut with this one yeah, I'm leaning towards Miracle and 34th Street Santa, but I do think when you look at characters like Miculous, you have to give them a lot of credit because, like, I mean, Santa, our current Santa is really amalgamation of several cultures' interpretations. Yeah, absolutely. Of the figure, but, like, I mean, if you look up pictures of Miculous, it's clear he was one of the big inspirations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, absolute, absolute shout out to Miculous, you know. Um, put in a solid effort he's had a great season um you know we probably we couldn't have really couldn't really have the 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 sort of centers we have now without people like Nicholas paving the way for for the the current generation you know um I'm trying to do this like a sports commentator <laughs> uh but yeah I, I think I think Miracle on the 34th Street is just going to take it it's a it's a more modern view and I think it's maybe it's just going to depend on what what you personally prefer but that that's that's where my that's where my gut goes that's what my feeling is with it so i, I have to go that way i have um, to give i have to give uh the the 30 uh 34 i have to give the santa credit i honestly think this is a big thing that's playing into my head richard attenborough just is one of the friendliest faces in that movie if i think yeah <laughs> absolutely he just looks so kind he does i know it's 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 hard to to argue with that as well. I feel like that's um, maybe 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 what Miculous has going against him is just that he, there isn't a, a a specific version that that comes to mind that you picture whenever you think of him. There's no uh, it's a lack of consistency. Maybe it's it's tricky. Like um, I don't want to get too deep on it. <laughs> so uh, we'll move on then to Jack Skellington versus Krampus. The gothic side of the the Santa bracket, we're, I'm discovering. I didn't realize we walked into a hot topic. Um, what, what do you think, Jack Skellington versus Krampus? I am leaning towards Jack Skellington for this. I find the concept of Krampus really entertaining, and I actually it's something to be said for the idea of negative reinforcement. But in complete honesty, I think. When it comes to Christmas, I'd rather be kind to people than mean to them. And yeah. I, it's probably 
one of the most admirable qualities uh, that anyone can have. And Jack Skelton has it, that quality being he is just trying to be a better person and a nicer, kinder person. Yeah, yeah. Krampus isn't trying to be shit. Yeah. Krampus knows what he is and he's happy with it. And I respect that a lot. But yes, I, I suppose this is this is a bracket to find the best version of Santa. And I, I think Krampus has a lot of un-Santa-y qualities um, that maybe Jack Skellington possesses a little bit more. But uh, I do agree with everything we said about Krampus before, though. Uh, and definitely an important figure in this kind of uh, whatever this weird universe is we're establishing. <laughs> with the weird versions of santa um so i i respect that but i think yeah when when we're thinking of santa i think krampus does in a lot of ways embody um a lot of yes that that the other side of santa that we were talking about but i feel like there's a lot of what makes santa that is missing when you think of krampus so uh, i think i think we've got to go we've got to go jack skellington on this um but i'm i'm happy with that which uh, does mean our, our final two then are Miracle on 34th Street versus Jack Skellington. Now, this is interesting because Miracle on 34th Street was your first draft pick and Jack Skellington was my last draft pick. I bumped him up to, uh, to, to come in after you had kind of talked about Krampus. I actually bumped Jack Skellington up my list to, to bring him in. So uh, this is, this is a, a solid final. I like this. We got an underdog and, a, and a, um, an OG, a, a heavy hitter. I like this a lot. Uh, Jack Skellington versus Miracle on 34th Street. That's tough. Um, definitely a, a sort of untouchable, rather perfect and kind Santa in Miracle on 34th Street versus that that flawed trying his best, you're saying there, Jack Skellington. Um, I like this matchup. What, what do you think? I think part of the problem is... One of the reasons we like the concept of Santa so much is he is ultimately represents the virtues and qualities we aspire to have, but mm. don't necessarily demonstrate all the time. Someone who's eternally giving, eternally kind, you know, I guess hardworking and that he does, he delivers a gift to every child on earth. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason the 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 Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street Santa is such a good Santa. He's like he represents every one of those qualities that we associate with the perfect Santa, mm-hmm. and that's kind of Jack Skellington's problem here. He aspires to them like we do, but doesn't quite achieve. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. And I suppose one one of the qualities that you didn't really mention there is doing all of that and never asking for anything in return is a, a big Santa quality. And I think uh, even if it's maybe never directly said, there is an implication that Jack Skellington, he, he still, he's trying to do this in a, a lot of ways to make himself feel better um, as much as yes, he is aspirational and he is selfless. I think, uh, you know, ultimately it does boil down to the fact that he, he wanted to be Santa, you know, because he does at the end of the day, he, he takes that away from a pre-existing Santa in that movie. Uh, so I, I think it's hard to say that he, he does all that with no ulterior motive or, or no, no selfishness in his heart, um, which I think is maybe the, on, the only thing that draws him back, as you say, is that he is uh, maybe a little bit too much like us. Um, and it's, it's, very, it's very slight between these two. I really like both of these versions of Santa, but 
I do I do think it has to go to Miracle on 34th Street Centre. Yeah, although I think I think uh, Jack Skellington can take some solace that his movie is the better one. I agree with that. <laughs> I definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, yeah, I honestly, I'm not actually a big Miracle on 34th Street guy, but I do think it's the, uh, an incredible version of Santa. And it is, it is like uh, very much the classic version of Santa, but with uh, a slightly modern outlook, I suppose, and bringing it into bringing it into our our world and still making it make sense and not feel like this um this silly old you know thing that that doesn't really work with our our modern views or whatever actually having that update and still still uh make you actually want to be kind to people you know i feel like that's a, a great quality of santa's is that it also inspires you to want to give and and give back and uh inspires kindness a little bit so i i think I think Miracle on 34th Street definitely achieves that. Um, and I, I'm, I'm happy with our picks all around, Look, Yeah, yeah. No, I, to be fair, I, I just got lucky having the first pick. I'm, I don't want to speak for you, but my guess is if you had the first pick, you probably also would have gone with. I actually wouldn't have, but it, it, was, it was high on my list. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm not angry at that. I think it's, uh, it's absolutely, that was always going to be a tough one to beat. And I, I, think, I think it deserved the, the win. But uh, yeah, shout outs to to Jack Skellington and everybody else in our bracket. Um, absolutely great versions of Santa all round. I think all all absolutely essential to the uh, the Christmas the Christmas spirit and the Christmas outlook generally. I think all of them bring something to the table. Um, and that that's, that was a great draft pick. Look, well done. Thank you. Thank you. It was a good game. Good game. Good game. It was a good game. Yeah, and that that wraps up the Santa bracket for this year. Um. I hope we can come back and do some more brackets in the future. I actually really enjoyed that. That was quite fun. So uh, maybe some more, uh, if not brackets, maybe some more draft picks because that's always fun as well. We can do all these sorts of things because um, it's it's very fun to talk about. Yes, come back uh, next year. We debate uh, whether Bad Santa or Sir Christmas uh, was more debauched. <laughs> yeah, that's the plan for next Yeah, next year we do the worst Santas. That's actually not a bad idea. Okay. <laughs> well uh thank you very much for listening um let's do a very quick have you seen this this is where we're going to talk about what we've been watching or reading or seeing over the past week or so and we uh, we chat a little bit about it um i'll mention mine briefly because I, I think maybe we could talk about this for longer um in the future but look have you seen black panther wakanda forever no i have not Yes, as you, you're adamant to not watch this because it's so long. Uh, and it really, I, I don't know why it's not that long. It's and it's perfectly like, it was perfectly fine to watch. I didn't find it too long at all. But I, I like you complaining about it. Uh, <laughs> I didn't find that. Why is that not that long? It's only like two hours forty, and it's it's breezy enough. That's um, three hours and two hours. Okay, but if you have if you have the the if you've got the time set aside, it's not like if you go to the cinema at like eight o'clock and you get out at 20, or if you get out at 11 instead of 10, that's not really, it's not changing much about your day. I go to the cinema. Um, well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, doesn't matter. I saw this movie. I liked it a lot. Um, going to every, every new Marvel property you watch feels like 
a little roll of the dice these days and I do have a, <laughs> a part of me gets a little bit stressed every time I watch something new from Marvel um just especially the movies more than anything I'm I'm just waiting for it to to be good or be bad or whatever um this was a really good one it felt very much like a return to form for Marvel I don't know if it's because you know a lot of this was a pre-established setting pre-established characters and it's working off the back of of something very strong um but it was really good i thought it definitely wasn't perfect there's some stuff that was was iffy but um it was definitely very strong it's was really emotional a really emotional film in like a lot of ways i don't just mean emotional as in sad just a, a real like a spectrum of emotions in the movie but i i find it really like it got me um considering that it, I definitely don't think it was perfect in other ways and it's not like it was a really strong movie in in other senses but um, emotionally it did it, it got me I, I can't lie um obviously this isn't the fault of the movie but it does there is a a noticeable hole uh, where where Chadwick Boseman should be in in this movie um not in like a sense that they've removed the character or anything like that but just you, there is there genuine a genuine like emptiness in this film and i think in some ways that's you know very much done on purpose because that that uh character is is also gone with with the passing of chadwick boseman which i think is upsetting and it's very good that they address it obviously in this uh, i think all that is done very well but you i didn't really notice i don't think or appreciate it until seeing this just that chadwick boseman was really incredible as t'challa and as black panther um and i think this movie does then not that it suffers because of that but it it's very noticeable and like all you kind of want is for that to be there you know um so i think that's definitely a big part of it but it does it makes for at least an interesting development in how they've used that and and how they're going to move forward and stuff with the the world and within the mcu but yeah i thought it was uh, still very good I, i liked it a lot i think namor was really really good it was a great performance and quite a cool new character um so yeah i it was nice nice to see a a real solid marvel movie i think this is definitely like a, a seven or an eight which i mean that by marvel standards not by normal movie standards it's actually a very good movie but uh yeah it felt like we're we're back to some some good strong marvel movies um it didn't blow my mind as much as some other people have said but i i did think it was very strong so that's that's my my brief review of of wakanda forever mm. yeah so good. i imagine l probably sort of historically it'll settle down to about the rating you gave it maybe like a seven or eight it, it, it'll be like sort of any god was the first black panther movie anytime there's like a marvel movie that's sort of there's a lot of hype behind it and released i think the reviews more like uh, audience reactions thing than necessarily critical reviews although i think some movies did do get generous reviews from critics just because they're marvel ones but yeah like once you have a month or two for the hype to settle down they usually settle to sort of like a more accurate score like what you've said yeah uh i have really not watched very much and the only thing i've watched is well reese have you seen castlevania i've not seen castlevania i actually have watched one episode of castlevania but um it was a long time ago and i never came back to it yep anyway yes for background castlevania is a show on netflix it's it's done in the art style of an anime i don't think it's technically an anime because it's done by a western animation studio and all the, the primary voice cast are all english speakers um 
it, Castlevania is a Japanese video game. Anyway, so it's, it's based on the video games. Uh, it's I've watched the first two out of four series of it. Uh, they're they're pretty short. Uh, the first series is only four episodes of um, like 20 to 25 minutes. The second series is eight episodes. Series three and four are longer, 10 episodes each, but like none of it's very long. You could probably go through it quite quickly. Uh, yeah, so concepts pretty simple you've got uh the i'm trying to remember his official title whether it's baron or lord we'll say lord lord uh dracula tepish uh vampire um i'll not disclose why he um why he declares this because it'll be a spoiler for the first episode but uh, it's not really a spoiler past that he declares that he's going to kill everyone in the province of Wallachia, which uh, I'm going I, I think is in Hungary. Uh, that, the setting's more accurate to the, the inspiration behind the original Dracula. Um, the inspiration was uh, Vlad Dracula, Vlad the Impaler of Wallachia. I'm not actually sure his surname was Dracula. I don't actually think it was. Anyway, but he he was an ancient, not ancient really, it was like the 1400s or something <laughs> back then, who was famous for impaling people, but he was the inspiration for Dracula as a character. So yes, it's set in Wallachia, he says he's going to kill everyone in Wallachia. So he, Trevor Belmont, uh, who is a vampire hunter, resolves to stop them. So yes, the concept isn't very complicated, but the series is very, very good. I've often advocated for more non-comedy shows having like an episode runtime of sort of 20 to 25 minutes if it suits, and it really suits this. Uh, the, the dialogue is really well written. Uh, episode is really tightly paced. Even the ones with less action, it still never drags, which I was very impressed by. The, the acting is phenomenal. They... they have gotten like a really good voice cast. I mean, some of the guys who are in it, uh, Richard Armitage uh, voices, uh, Trevor Belmont, Green McTavish, you might know as uh, Dwalin from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Uh, voices, uh, Dracula, you know, some others are here in it. There's Lance Reddick, you know, so it's a very, very good cast for. Uh, I was going to say for a voice acted show, but I mean, it would just be a very good cast anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, really good. Highly recommend. Uh, I, I can't say if the third and fourth series are good yet because I haven't watched them. I'm sure they are. Excellent. Um, no, I mean, Castlevania is one of those ones that it always just looks so spectacular as well. Um, I think it's a, such a dynamic art style and everything too, which is kind of why I did start watching it. I don't think I disliked it i just i just never came back to it i don't remember why but i watched an episode and then well you probably and watched then the, i didn't watch anymore <laughs> probably watched the first episode which does sort of act like a prologue to the series the series doesn't actually properly start till episode two mm, that makes sense then um yeah maybe i'll come back to it though then because it's I, I love a good vampire story i, I do um always a fan of a, a well-dressed supervillain you know um and a, a dracula is always always yeah. good i like a, a a gentleman bad guy you know um, yeah like a dracula the vampires definitely especially dracula more sort of on the higher end of vampires power mm. scale like that he's got like flight 
super speed, uh, shape shifting, super strength. Cool. Um, yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, I'll maybe come back to it then. Sorry, I was distracted thinking about thinking about Dracula's. <laughs> that sounds good though um i've literally in my head i'm trying to weigh up i'm like yeah i'm not really watching anything else i probably could watch that and i just just didn't say anything while you were... uh, like the first series is as i say really short so it's probably worse even like you can watch the first series and it's like it's total run time is only about an hour and a half and you're yeah, all just par three yeah um excellent well I think that's going to do us for this episode. That was a, a really fun one. Um, nice to be back doing some some Christmassy stuff. Um, we will hopefully be back a couple more times to see you into the new year, and then, uh, and then we just keep going. Look, keep this keep this train chugging along. Um, really heartbreak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but but yes, thanks again, everyone, for listening. Um, like we said earlier, it's it's been another great year of, of podcasting. Two whole years then we've been doing this, look, which is uh, pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, thank you anyone who does listen or, or share or uh, like any of the posts, any of those kind of things. Um, every Everything does really help us out and we do appreciate and see everything that you do. Um, thank you for listening to the show. If you want to get in contact with the show, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we have a subreddit. You can go there and check us out. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can email crackandbanterpod at gmail.com. Ask us questions, give us recommendations, uh, and we will we will get around to them. Um, other than that, please give us a follow or a like, tell a friend, any of that good stuff, and we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Look, do you want to close us out? Yes, I just want to reiterate my thanks for everyone who's listened, liked, shared anything, uh, that complimented the podcast. Um, not locked as an Instagram, anything like uh, re- re- reiterating my big thanks to my co-host Reese and thank you, Luke. And I'd just like to sign off by saying I've got free perfume samples at my house if anyone wants one. See you next week. See you next week. Thank you.